following podcast contains spoilers and rude words. We watch Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watched A Thing. As always, it's me, the B-Dizzle, but you've got a very special guest this week. It's a man I love. He's been on the show many times. He was probably my very first podcasting friend. It's Julio from The Contrarians. How you going, mate? Hey, how's it going? It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I think this is probably your fourth or fifth time, maybe? It has to be at least fifth. We've done two Wes Anderson movies. We did Cliffhanger. We did the Steve Martin movie. Yeah. So that's four already. Yes, and I'm sure that when Topher was on his baby leave, you came and did a movie with me as well. And now I can't even think what that was. What was the first We Watch a Thing appearance? <laughs> we did something with Topher's baby leave, you're right. We did, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So six, six time on the show. It's always great to have you. And, and this time I reached out to you and said, once again, I think it's your time to, to pick a throwback. Do you want to tell people what you picked and why? Yes, uh, I picked Clint Eastwood's Mystic River. And it was just part of a list of movies that I threw your way. So in a way, Billy, you picked Mystic River. I, well, that's that's true. I yeah. had it there as an option. <laughs> now, why did I have it there as an option? Uh, I was looking at movies I have in my collection that I haven't watched in a long time that I have strong feelings for. And this one jumped yeah. out along with all the other ones that, uh, that I've given you. This one, as I said on the text messages when we were talking about this, uh, my main recollection watching the Mystic River artwork is like, that's right, that movie had the misfortune of going up against Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King at the Oscars and yeah, getting yeah. trounced on that uh, <laughs> this picture race. I had forgotten, and I remember now as I was watching it and reading on it a little bit, uh, they actually won two Oscars. <laughs> Sean Penn and it Tim did, Robbins yeah. won for, for Mystic River. So it actually wasn't the wipeout that I remembered. But of course, yeah, I don't think that right. Return of the King had even a, a nomination on those two categories, Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was nominated for six, and not only did it win, did Robbins and Penn both win, but apparently that's the first time since Ben-Hur that a single film has won for leading and supporting. Really? The same. Yeah. So, and it's since happened again with Dallas Buyers Club. But I was really surprised to hear that this was the first time since 1959 that that happened. <laughs> yeah, because usually- you know, when they decide that they love a movie, the Academy, they just throw everything that way. Yeah, so, you exactly. know, best actor, best yeah. supporting actor. And <laughs> yeah. I was feeling bad for Kevin Bacon because he didn't even get a nomination. And he's basically the the third person in this tripod of, of actors. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I would say in arguably well, it's an interesting it's an interesting one really, because when I read that um Penn got lead actor and Robin's got supporting. And I was like, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it really is a trio. I, I don't know. Because honestly, I would almost say that Bacon was the lead, but not really. He's either. definitely the hero. Like, well, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if, if this film really has a protagonist as such, if there's one that you follow. You're right. Bacon is the hero character, but you really do follow all three of them pretty evenly. I, all right. So I, I, I know I can talk to you in like screenwriting terms because now you're, you're like diving into the studies of screenwriting yeah. and writing. But, so I usually, when I come to this, I always go, all right, who has the character arc? And that will usually point me in the direction of somebody who might be the protagonist. And, yeah. and okay, so now that I'm thinking about it, I guess it is Bacon because he learns to say that he's sorry. Like, <laughs> this is a big change. Because yeah. everybody, yeah. like the other two, they kind of stay st- stuck in their ways 
and that leads to yeah. the ending of the movie. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So good well, instinct, Billy. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it properly then. So Mystic River is a 2003 American neo-noir crime drama film directed, co-produced, and scored by Clint Eastwood. It stars, as we said, of course, Sean Penn, Tim Robbins, Kevin Bacon, as well as Lawrence Fishburne, Marsha Gray Harden, and Laura Linney. It was written by Brian Hulgard based on the 2001 novel of the same name by Dennis Lahan. And what is it about, Julio? It is about three childhood friends who have to deal with a major tragedy once they're adults. Because uh, one, the daughter of one of them is murdered. And, yeah. And then basically that changes their lives and their relationships forever. That is yeah. like the blurb. Yeah. That's not going to the... <laughs> yeah. What it really is about is like, it's sort of like a drama slash police procedural because it's a murder investigation, but there's yeah. a lot of psychological upheaval going on. Uh, I, yeah. I think so. And then two <laughs> of the three win Oscars. Yes. Yeah. Let's... um. Let me ask you this then. How many times had you seen this movie prior to us doing it here on the show? Did you see this at the cinemas? Mm-hmm. Uh, beginning to end, I've seen it only twice. At okay, movie theaters yeah. uh, when it came out, before it was uh, an awards darling. And uh, and then uh, just yesterday, as I was watching it for, for the show, uh, I bought it. I own it on DVD. and uh, But I never had the strength to like crack it open and watch it again because it is a tough yeah. watch. Uh, and I had actually forgotten how bad it was. Like, uh, uh, you know emotionally impactful <laughs> i remember yeah, some things yeah. but i've forgotten like how how bad it can get while, while you're watching the movie and it, it's just it's a hard watch but it's good it's, I, I think it's it's really good i remember you said that you hadn't seen it but you knew of it right yeah so actually this is a this is a very interesting case because uh, i'm not sure <laughs> okay i I swear that I had never seen this movie, and my wife thought she had never seen it either. But watching it last night, I knew the score for starters, which was weird. Like, as soon as the movie started, I was like, oh, I know this music. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe I just know it anyway. But we also both guessed the ending very, very, very early on. And so, by the- Who the killer was, or- Well, not just who the killer was, but the turn that happens with- with Sean Penn and um, uh, Tim, Robbins. Tim Robbins at the end, we we both guessed that entire climax sequence, and so by the end of the film, we were both like, "Have we seen this before, or is it just that because we're now coming to this so late, and this is a genre that you know it gets a lot of play? The stories do, I think, end up very similar in a lot of cases. You know, like it was funny watching this. I was like, oh, wow. Remember that time in the early 2000s when every crime thriller was set in Boston? <laughs> and, you know, so I don't know whether it's just that or if I actually have seen it before. I really- I Maybe you read the book. boggling my mind. Maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to say that I haven't seen it before. <laughs> but I definitely did, you don't remember it, yeah. most of it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yeah. But I definitely knew of it, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, why did you pick it, though? Because you made me say it, but you didn't even explain why you you went with this one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, you sent through a list of about five. And 
I'd always wanted to watch this movie. And I I know that Clint Eastwood in later years, you know, these last kind of five or so years, there's been a lot of talk about how he's lost it as a director. Like a lot of his films lately haven't been what they were. But I genuinely am a Clint Eastwood fan. And I think that what I've seen of his directed work is really, really strong. Um, I was a big fan of Gran Torino. Uh, I really, really actually liked Richard Jewell. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I'd always been meaning to get around to this. And so this seemed like the perfect chance to do it and chat with a friend about it. <laughs> Have you seen a uh, million dollar baby? I've not seen million dollar baby. Okay. So that was his back to back. Like he did mystic river. Then he did million dollar baby. They both got, uh, best picture nominations. Uh, I think Hillary yeah. Swank might've won for million dollar baby, but it was just, yeah, right. The two years of Eastwood just yeah, maybe peaking yeah. and then, you know. Yeah. My memory is, too, that this film was almost like a bit of a Eastwood resurgence. Like, I know that this is not, obviously, his directorial debut. He's been a director for a long time. Obviously, his first film was Play Misty for me way back in the 70s. But my memory is that this was the start of, like, oh, Eastwood's back. Like, he's he's directing and he's back in a big, bad way. It, am I right about that? It might have been. I mean, I'm trying to remember what drove me to go see it in the first place, because yeah, I I mean, I had seen some of his work. Uh, I know I was I watched you know Unforgiven, not when it came out, yeah. but eventually uh, I watched A Perfect World, also kind of like on VHS whenever it was available, and maybe a couple of his other like thrillers. There's one with Gene Hackman, I think, where Gene Hackman is the president and he's committed a murder and. Clint Eastwood is like the yeah. only person that can, he's a burglar <laughs> that has the evidence. I don't know. It's just, that was like more generic, but I don't think I went to see it on the strength of Eastwood. And I don't think I went to see it on the strength of the cast because while I like those three guys, I'm not like, oh, okay, I have to go watch the new Kevin Bacon movie. Yeah, I'm yep, thinking yep. it was just like the buzz. And, you know, I worked the movie theater at the time, so it was nothing for me to go and like watch whatever was out. Yeah. And, yep. But yeah, once it happened, I mean, I know I watched Million Dollar Baby because it was Eastwood after yes. yeah. having liked Mystic River so much. So you might be onto something. Uh, maybe this was the beginning of another stage in his career. And now, I mean, I haven't, I, I know I want to watch Richard Jewell, uh, but it's, you know, I didn't watch that. Unlike you, I didn't like Gran Torino that much. Yeah. We'll talk about yeah. that My in some other episode. My wife didn't like that either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, as you alluded to, this film was nominated for six Academy Awards, uh, Best Picture, Best Director, uh, the two Best Acting Awards that it won, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Supporting Actress. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I liked this movie. Let me get that straight out of the way. I liked it. But I am I am a bit shocked by that number of nominations. Like, I... And again, maybe it's just coming to this late where this genre is a bit more played out now. Um, I think a lot of this movie felt kind of stock standard to me what which nomination would you take away and which one would you keep can i be honest yes i, I don't i don't think this is an oscar worthy film i would Holy take away all shit, the nominations <laughs> like, like i i like this movie a lot i like it a lot but if you're comparing it to boston crime thrillers i think gone baby gone also um, by is a, is a lot sure stronger. That's the same author yeah yeah i think that that's a lot stronger um, I just like, yeah, I liked this movie a lot, but I think maybe guessing the twist so early killed it for me. Um, it, it just made the story feel less special. And I think, you know, like you spoke about 
how emotionally impacting the film is. And while I think that's true, I think maybe when you can see the cogs of the story turning, it feels less real at the time. I actually, I would argue the opposite, uh, at least based on my experience with this rewatch, because yeah. knowing what was to come made me appreciate what the actors were doing and what the characters yeah, were all about. Right. Because I, I knew 100% what had happened from the very beginning. So I yeah. knew who was telling the truth. I knew who was lying. And I knew why they were acting a certain way. So uh, yeah. Tim Robbins's uh, performance in particular, Tim Robbins's, Marsha Gay Harden, uh, I mean, I don't know what your experience was. And, and yeah. I guess we're just going in and spoiling it, or do you want to keep it vague? Yeah, yeah, Let's. we can spoil. Okay. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Mystic River, here you stop, go see the movie, and then come back, because we're about to talk <laughs> yeah. about who killed who. But uh, yeah. I'm curious. Well, you said you already guessed the twist, because watching it, and I didn't remember this, but I felt like the movie was basically trying to tell you that, make you believe that Tim Robbins uh, did it, or at least that he was a very strong suspect. Yeah, okay. See, here's the thing, and here's where I disagree, and I think this is my biggest problem with the screenplay, which, again, I really like the film, but I, I personally never thought of him as a suspect. Me neither. I, I, I was wondering if that was just me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that this film actually does a good job of the whodunit aspect. I don't think that as an audience member, you ever seriously consider that he might have had any part in this. But I think that's and, a good thing. I, I think that it allows you to really feel for him. Because I remember watching it the first time and... I don't know why I had this memory that you knew from the very beginning that it wasn't him because yeah, my recollection right, yeah. was that I never thought that he was guilty. And so I was yeah. constantly worried about all these things that were happening that pointed towards him being guilty. And I'm like, but he's not the guy and the cops are harassing him. Sean Penn is suspecting him. His wife doesn't believe him. So that was yeah. really getting me all worked up. And then, of course, it ends in the worst possible way with him yeah. making a confession <laughs> under duress. Yes. So yeah. it's, it, it's horrible. So imagine my surprise when I'm watching it now and I'm like, when do they tell you, the audience, that he didn't do it, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's not until way at the end of the movie. So I don't know if it's just like, if it was my mind rationalizing it the first time, I said like, there is no way that they show yeah. you what happens to him as a kid. And then on top of that, they make him the bad guy in the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's already yeah. suffered enough. You wouldn't paint him as the villain. Maybe that that was yes. why I felt. But, you know, I think that you're always wondering, was it like the boyfriend did you consider the boyfriend? Well, I guess you did from the beginning. Did no, you figure I, out it was his, I did. his brother? I figured out it was his brother almost as soon as we met his brother. Maybe well, you should be a detective, one- Billy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that that's the one thing that makes me think maybe I've seen it before. Because I do, like I said, I think the rest of it is pretty easy to guess. I think it was very evident to me right from the start that Sean Penn didn't, uh, sorry, that Tim Robbins didn't do it. And it was very clear to me how that arc was going to end. I knew that he was going to be killed as we figured out who actually did it. like I, And I think that that's fairly signposted and easy to work out. But I don't know what it was that gave it away to me that it was the brother, but almost as soon as we met him, my wife and I turned to each other at the same time and said he did it to stop his brother from leaving. And I guess we were wrong about that. We got the motivation right. wrong. Because I thought that he had done it on purpose because he didn't want his brother to run away to Vegas. That's what I remember. And I think that <laughs> I think that probably would have made a better movie because in the end, it's just like, oh, they just did it for no reason. But that's what and, makes it so tragic. When uh, when Kevin uh, Bacon yeah. is explaining to Sean Penn exactly what happened, 
I, I mean, there's many moments here that are just Oscar clips, but that might be the best moment of acting in Sean Penn's uh, oh, yes, 100% when he's agree. processing, yeah. I killed the wrong guy, and the kids that killed yeah. my daughter, I mean, it wasn't this big conspiracy, it was nothing, it was just yeah. almost an yeah. accident. Uh, yeah, 100%, yeah. Well, I mean, even coming to the end, I... I don't know, because I consider myself pretty jaded when it comes to like humanity, but I was thinking, watching it, I'm like, as an audience, I don't remember how it was the first time, but I guess I was always hoping that Sean Penn wouldn't kill him. That yeah, right. That yeah. he would that, that was gonna be the big climatic moment in his for his character, that he he's killed before and he yeah. manages to control his rage and either believe his friend or or yeah. find some mercy. Uh, and then, you know, once Tim Robbins confesses, then you know there's no no way back. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but even then, you know, that doesn't happen. So I don't know. Watching it again, like I said, knowing how the story plays out, I was able to just follow those beats and really, uh, yeah, enjoy like the police work too, because they, yeah, yeah. I really like. I mean, I like the entire cast, but I really like uh, how Lawrence Fishburne. He is just so cocky and so gun ho, and how he makes the yeah. wrong call a couple times, yes, and it's just, yeah, yeah. there's a part of me that was thinking, he gets Tim Robbins killed, because when he sent the troopers to get him picked up, that's when, you know, yeah. Sean Penn pays attention to it, but then I'm thinking, no, because even if you hadn't done that, uh, Marsha Gay Harden, literally in the next scene, goes to Sean Penn and tells him, I yes. think my, my husband killed your yeah. your daughter, so yeah. he was doing yeah. no matter what. Um, oh, I was gonna, that was the other thing, Marsha Gay Harden's character, the first time around, I hated it. I, I hated that just how she just threw Tim Robbins under the bus, this time, yeah. I was a little more understanding. I was a lot more understanding, actually. I was like, look, you can't really? blame her. He shows up covered in blood. He, yeah. He acts yeah. weird. She doesn't know what we know. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I agree. He, and here's the thing for me is that, and that is, I think, the true tragedy in this film is that Dave, Tim Robbins' character, was doomed from the start. And they make that clear. From the moment he got in that car, he's a doomed person. And even even before uh, Sean Penn, you know, eventually kills him at the end, I'm like, but how do you recover from your wife literally suspecting you as the murderer of a teenage girl? Like, there's no there's no coming back from that. Like, it's it's so clear that he is doomed in one way or another. And yeah, I I know what you mean. Like, it's hard not to understand her position. But at the same time, it's like, oh, my God, really? Like, you're jumping to this, like, very quickly. Like, it's almost like the next day she wakes up, sees there's nothing in the newspaper, and immediately goes, oh, he killed her. And I would like to think it, that that turn wouldn't be that quick in reality. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's not just that. I think it's just such a poor conflagration of circumstances, right? He was at the yeah. bar where she was last seen. He yeah, which she doesn't actually know, though, when she suspects him. She f she finds that out later. You're right, you're right. The cops say it, right? Yeah. The cops say it after. Yeah. Well, but technically, she yeah. doesn't... I think that she... She thinks that he's done something bad. I don't think she thinks that he killed Katie until Kevin Bacon goes up to her and he's like, what time did you yeah, get home? Right. So I think that she goes okay. from thinking yeah. that he wasn't telling the whole story about why he was yep. covered in someone's blood to then thinking, okay, maybe if the cops are suspecting him, then maybe there's more to it. And then she just goes yeah. down the rabbit hole. To her credit, she tries to talk to him about it. They they straight up have a, you know, I mean, he brings yeah, it up. That's like, yeah. Do you think I killed her? And and then when she tries to have more of a conversation, he he snaps at her because by then he's very much in his head. So, yeah, I mean, it's 
it's a tragedy. He he was just he was dealing with a lot. And I was honestly yeah. the movie was over and I'm like, all right, so what what does it all mean? What is the movie saying yeah. that, you know, you just there's some things you just can't recover from? Or is it just that the world is not for the most part, the world is just not equipped to to be sympathetic to somebody like Dave, who's gone through this thing, yeah. and now he just doesn't, you know, act normal in quotation marks. I mean, even the first yeah. time that uh, Lauren Fishburne sees him, you know, after he's gone, he's like, yeah. what happened to him in that car? And, you know, yeah, no I compassion know. Yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that probably the themes are twofold. I think it is both of those things. I think it is, like we said, that he is doomed and there is no recovering from something like that. And I think it is also that that is in a large part due to the way that society reacts to things like that, <laughs> which, yeah, that, yeah, the lack of sympathy is shocking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's a tough neighborhood. Me, it's Boston. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and let, let me, let me be clearer because I did really, really like this film. And I know that so far it sounds like I've been negative on it, but there is a lot to like. I do think that, like I said, I think the screenplay, particularly coming to it late, and I want to stress that I think that that's my issue with it, that coming to it 19 years later, um, I, just, I just think that this is a genre that has been played out a little bit. And I think at the time this might have been better, but it's like going back and watching something like What Lies Beneath Now, which at the time I thought, oh, wow, that's a great thriller. And then you watch it now and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty standard. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> um, But yeah, I think you're right. The acting in this film is excellent. It is very, very good from all three of these main players. And you're, I love that relationship between Fishburne and Bacon. And I think that having that, small bit of levity in the film with those two kind of playing off each other helps a lot because otherwise you're right it's a very grim dark film yeah the way that uh eastwood blocks all these conversations because it's not a particularly showy uh movie as far as like no, the camera yeah. moves and you know we'll get to that yeah. yeah yeah but i feel like the blocking because i was enjoying so much just the reaction shots because there's yeah. so many big actors and just how they react, whether they're in the background or the foreground, to what's happening, yeah. to what's being said. And a lot of it is Fishburne and Bacon, where yeah. sometimes Bacon yeah. in particular, because he's he's the quiet one out of those two. And so Fishburne will start like saying things that are either inappropriate or very forward or whatever. And you just get Bacon like doing the twist, like the head turn and looking at one, <laughs> yeah. looking at the other. And it's just so good. It was like a little... It's like a symphony. We just got back and forth. Like yeah. they're in, when they're talking to Sean Penn, when they're talking to Tim Robbins in the interrogating room, just really good stuff. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's where Eastwood's biggest strength as a director lie is in the editing room and the editing process. I think it's that, that direction there of the cuts and the way that scenes flow from one to the next, the shot motivation and stuff is very strong. I don't think the cinematography in this film is especially pretty. And I don't think that that's a bad thing because it's it's not supposed to be a pretty film. It's a dark and gritty film. There's one shot in particular, which is a helicopter shot, which I found extremely disorienting, where the camera really spins at a very strange angle. Do you know the shot I'm talking about? Is that with, with an actual helicopter on the shot when they're going I, to the crime well, scene? Well, there's... there's there's two, yeah. There's one where it's looking up at the helicopter and there's one looking down from the helicopter. And both are very, very awful, awful shots. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-drone era. Can't blame him. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing what he could. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Eastwood, can we talk about the score for a moment? Yes. I knew. What do you I, was, this? I guess I've learned. I've trained myself. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Billy's the score guy. He's got, even before yeah. that, though, the, the theme, because, you know, it keeps coming up during the movie, and that really it, it sad. It comes up a lot. It's, melody. yeah, it's it, arguably the, it's easily the most common piece of music in the film. It's used, I think, at times where it perhaps shouldn't be. I think that there are moments where it doesn't actually really fit the action on screen. Um, because it is, it's kind of sad, but hopeful. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's overused a little bit, but I do like that piece of music. Yeah. It, I think that it embodies the, the feeling of the movie very well. It's just, just kind of mournful. Yeah. <laughs> like none yeah. of this is going to end well. Uh, just, just get used yeah. to it. Um, I like it. I, I think that, was it nominated for best score? I know it Eastwood not, is behind no. it. And so, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there was like far more uh, prominent scores that made the cut, but he, I like it. I mean, I don't always pick up on the score. Uh, unlike you, I just notice when it's kind of noticeable here. I was trying a little harder to pay attention, but uh, no, I like it a lot. I, I think that it fits the movie. Uh, yeah. I, I think that, because I know Eastwood can't be more uh, stylized than this. You know, like, the, yeah. uh, you know, we're thinking, uh, we're talking about like uh, uh, Unforgiven and. Uh, even like yeah. next year, the following year, yeah, Million Dollar Baby, the way that he shoots those, those, uh, you know, the scenes in the ring and the training and, you know, because so much of it takes place in a, in a gym where boxers are training and the camera is moving a lot more. He's calling a lot more attention to the fact that he's behind the camera. I, yeah, I like the restraint on this one. Like, I didn't need it to be, uh, a Marty Scorsese crime drama. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it could have been, and I'm sure it would have been fine, but I kind of appreciated that he took a step back and just let the actors do their job. Uh, yeah. It's fine. I mean, you know, I... Cinematography-wise, I mean, I guess it's nothing that would blow me away, but I'm glad that it also didn't get in the way. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I think those helicopter shots really throw me off so much, because there's so much movement in them, and the rest of the film is so restrained. And so they feel very out of place. And there's just a few shots like that in the film where it's like, I don't know that this works as well as the rest of the film, because I'm with you. I like how restrained this film is, and especially given the subject matter, I think that works incredibly well. Because the story and the actors should be doing the showing in this film. There's no large action set pieces, you know, like just all we need to see is people talking for like 90% of this film. And the camera absolutely serves its purpose for those sequences. Yeah. Uh, were you familiar with uh, the this, the scene where Sean Penn is being restrained by the cops when they find the do- the body of his daughter. And he's like, is that my daughter out there? Like over and over. Because that's, I think, that's become kind of a meme. Uh, right. Okay. No, I wasn't familiar with it. And I got to, I was really torn at the time because I can, I can see how something like that becomes a meme because it's easy to look at that and go, wow, that's, that's over the top acting. But I actually didn't feel that. They're, like, I, I don't know either. if it's just because I'm a father or something. That is a to me. That is the most heartbreaking scene in the film. He, like, uh, if anything, I almost feel like it's underplayed. Like, I can imagine myself in that situation. That that behavior wouldn't stop for hours. I think like that. That was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I, no, I bought it. And but that was my concern because. Uh, Knowing it as a meme now, I was wondering if I was going to react to it and like, ah, there it is. 
That's the, that's yeah, the meme. Right. But no, I was very much into it because he's, like you said, it fits. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's how yeah. most people would react. And of course, on top of that, we already kind of know that he's a violent man. And so, just, yes, yeah. Yeah, he would be just so outspoken and so just raw about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's good. Like, I was, that was a moment where I'm like, all right, that's, I don't regret, like, I don't begrudge the Oscar. <laughs> That's fine. No, no, yeah. It was well-deserved. Yeah. Tim Robbins, again, I like his performance more this time around. I think that the first time I watched it, he, uh, I wasn't sure how to read his character because I guess my initial thought was, not because of the movie, but I guess my preconception was like, this guy would be even more broken. And so I felt like it was weird whenever he actually outsmarted um the cops a couple times and just yeah sometimes he was very quick on his feet as far as just lying and but watching it now i'm like no but that was my preconception but that's really clearly not who the character is he's actually smarter and more resourceful than you think up to a point so yeah i think it's an interesting one because i do think the movie kind of wants you to feel both ways about it like it wants you to feel like he's this completely broken guy who's never recovered but then, you know, he's got a wife and kid now. And it, I found that strange because at one point they even allude to, I can't remember what it is. It might be when Kevin Bacon is first talking to Sean Penn again and they bring up, you know, have you seen Dave? And, mm-hmm. and Dave mentions that he's married to Celeste's, you know, now cousin-in-law. But there's a line just before that where Sean Penn talks about how he's never recovered and he's broken and stuff. And it's like, but you, you know that he's like- He's got a family now. Like, you know, he's obviously recovered at least in some way. And I just found that little dialogue interchange a little bit strange at the time because it's like the movie wants you to feel both ways about him. It wants you to think that he is this completely broken man who can't fit into normal society. And yet there he is doing it in a lot of ways. Well, I think that he's fitting. He's not fitting, but it's like that in particular, that specific society. I mean, somebody like, like Sean Penn would never really see him as somebody that that is worthy of anything. You know, he's just like, oh, where's this yeah. guy that he's just a loser? And he may have a family, yeah. but he's still a weirdo and whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Kevin Bacon, I mean, obviously when he thinks of him, he thinks of just what happened when they were kids. It's not like he's taking the time to <laughs> to spend Think time with him. as a real person, yeah. Him, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the other guy that, the, the last part of the trio, like Kevin Bacon. I I was kind of flipping through some reviews where people were just like, yeah, I mean, he's the boring one. He's the one that doesn't have anything going on. Other than, oh, I disagree. I disagree yeah. too. Although I don't really care for the subplot with his wife. Like, I don't think it works. Oh, not at all. Yes, yes. And I was going to ask you about this. In fact, the entire final 15 minutes of the film, after the climax, there's actually quite a lot that happens. Mm-hmm. And I don't really see the purpose in any of it. it the the storyline with his wife, I don't need. I don't get it. It doesn't add anything to anything. Yeah. But also the turn with Laura Linney in the finale. What do you make of that? Well, Is that supposed to mean something? I think that it's... Uh, uh, so there's two things. One is like my, my, my original feeling. I remember when I first watched it and even... As I was watching it now, even though I knew that it's not like it's setting you up for a sequel, but it really felt like that epilogue sets up a continuation where it's just going to be Kevin Bacon trying to get Sean Penn, uh, 
you know, arrested, convicted for the murder of Tim Robbins. You know, they even have yeah, like, the, the finger <laughs> at the end. You know, yeah. if, if Champagne is like, eh, you can try, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And, but I think that it's it's more of that really grim view of the world of like, well, you can't even in this world, in this society, in this particular corner of the world, at least, you can't even admit that you feel guilty about killing the wrong guy because the people that are depending on you won't let you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Laura Lee yeah. is there to remind him that he can't afford to feel regret over the death of Dave because he has a family yeah. and feeling regret over that could lead to them losing him uh, as, you know, part of that family. And he's not allowed. Yeah. He's the man. Yeah. Uh, I guess the thing that I found really strange is it's, that's so funny. I didn't read it that way at all in terms of the Kevin Bacon stuff because... Oh, you thought he was just saying like, hey, man, how's it going <laughs> with the well, finger gun? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the finger gun seemed kind of friendly. And Sean Penn confessed. Like, Sean Penn told Kevin Bacon what he did. Right. But it's like, he said, she said, you know, he said, he said. I mean, like, yeah. There's no proof. I, I don't, mean, he I can, don't know. He can try. Yeah. Uh, the book, I, I read the book after I watched the movie. That's how much I like it. Okay, yeah. It is yeah. a really faithful adaptation. Like, there's no okay, yeah, big cool. things other than, and uh, I mean, obviously, this is coloring my interpretation now, but I, I remember feeling that way before reading the book, too. Uh, Marsha Gay Harden in the, mo- in the book, she goes up to Sean, to the Kevin Bacon character, and tells him, I'm pretty sure Sean Penn killed my husband. And Kevin right. Bacon says, I know, I'm going to get him for it. Okay, the, okay. I would have liked that scene me in too. the film. Because, me too. Although I like the, I mean, obviously it didn't work for you. I like, For me, it worked. Like, I, I, I read that as a him telling him, yeah, I mean, you know, we're friendly right now, but you know that the law is going to come after you and Sean Penn going okay. like, you can try, but yeah. look at me, I'm surrounded. That, this is yeah. my town. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like that. Talking to you about this has made me like that so much better because that was the one thing that really got me at the end was that I, I felt- like Dave and his character was again, and I thought that this was just part of the themes of like you said about how unsympathetic people are. I, to, in my head, I was like, well, he's just completely forgotten, and his story is now closed, and people don't care because he was weird. Other than Marsha Gay Harden, who might feel guilty because you know she kind of led to this for her own husband by suspecting him, no one really cares. And that was the read that I got at the end of the film. I think if you didn't but, have that final interaction, silent interaction between Bacon and Penn, I would side with you because yeah. Kevin Bacon actually seems to go almost out of his way not to look at Marsha Gay Harden. Like, she's kind of lost yeah. at that parade, and like she's looking yeah. for somebody to tell her something, and he's just That's looking sideways. Too. But then, yeah. you know, he he looks at, at Champagne and acknowledges... I, I Like I said, I read it as... As him telling him yeah. this is not over, uh, yeah. But then I looked it I up. I, I looked it up today, you know, because I hadn't thought about it in years. And I looked it up. Is there a sequel to Mystic River, like the book? And there was actually an interview with Dennis Lehane where he's like on record saying, uh, "No, there's no sequel because that's how it ends. That's the ending." And I was yeah. like, okay, "Well, yeah. cool. I don't need one." I mean, I was just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that though. I like that. But yeah, okay. Maybe I'll read the book. Yeah. It's a, have you ever? It's the only Dennis Lehane uh, book I've read, but it, it definitely made me want to read more. I just never got around to it because you know I like, I don't like Gone Baby Gone as much as most people, but it's you know it made me wonder about the book too. And uh, there's one other one I think he did. 
the Scorsese Island movie, the with DiCaprio. Shutter Island. Shutter Island. I think that's also him. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's someone else. Yes, he did. He did? Yep. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, as a writer, I think he, he's put out some stories I like. So Yeah, yeah. So, all in all, how are you scoring Mystic River out of 10? Okay, so it's between 8 and 9. Maybe 8 and yep. a half. I really, I really like it. It is a shame about that that whole subplot with Bacon's wife. It's so distracting, and you being a very visual guy, it probably took you out of the movie as much as it, even worse than me. Every time they cut to those close-ups of her mouth, of her mouth. on the phone, yeah. it's like, what's- And it's like, why? Yeah. What are you hiding? Like, exactly. It's like, you, it, it makes you yeah. think that there's something else going on, and it, it's like, no. Like a big reveal, yeah, but no. Yeah. And then at the end, when she's at the parade, I was like, no, I don't need this. I just don't need this. It's adding nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had forgotten that in the book, there's a little more about it. I mean, it's it's kind of like the same. It's the same progression. But I think the book explains to you a little more stuff that they hint at in here, which is that she had been cheating on him and then she got pregnant. And so he's not even sure if the baby's his, uh, his baby or oh, okay. the other guys. Because that's that's not clear in the film at all. No, she that's only alluded he, to. He asks about the baby at some point. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, oh, yeah. so she's pregnant or she was pregnant before she left. And, and then at some point he yeah. asks if she's with the guy. So Yeah, he does say, is he with you at some point? And at that time, I thought he was referring to the baby because we didn't know the gender of the baby at that point. So oh, it's not until yeah. later you find out the baby's a girl. Um, but yeah, so, okay. That makes more sense, I guess, but it still it's doesn't still, explain. yeah, the movie doesn't come across. It's not interesting. Yeah. The big moment, as much as I like Kevin Bacon in the movie, his big moment of saying that he's sorry, I mean, it's like, you didn't try this? <laughs> She's been yeah. gone for a year. Yeah. This is the first time you apologize. Um, yeah, yeah. So well, yeah, that, that knocks yeah. it down a little bit. Uh, still, uh, a hell of a movie. I I was enjoying it so much while while I was watching it. Uh, so yeah, I'm yeah. gonna eight, eight and a half. Yeah. No, I'm 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 honestly. I know that this is gonna come as a surprise because it sounds like I've been talking down the movie, but I'm an eight as well. I oh. enjoyed this movie a lot. I would easily watch it again. I just. Like I said, I, I need to get over my own thing that coming 19 years later, it, nothing really surprised me in the movie. Felt a little bit played out. Like, it felt like kind of an overdone story to me. I'm like, I've even though I hadn't seen it before, I just constantly had that feeling like, I've seen this 10 times, you know? Like, But regardless of that, I think the filmmaking is excellent. The acting is excellent. Like, there is a lot to like about this movie, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I put it as my favorite Clint Eastwood out of all the ones I've seen. And I know I've seen, I haven't seen more than what I've seen. Like I, the number of movies of his that I haven't seen is more than, oh, yeah. it's larger than For sure. the number of movies. But I, He's I, one I, of those directors, I think. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like I've seen like the big hits. And so I'll yeah. put this one, then A Perfect World, then uh, Unforgiven. Yeah. It's like the three really big ones on my personal ranking. And uh, maybe Million Dollar Baby as the fourth one. Uh, yeah, it, it, he's a strong curious. director. He's great. Yeah, when he wants. I'd be really curious to hear your thoughts on Richard Jewell because I know that not a lot of people liked that the way I did, but I I thought it was really quite strong. Yeah, it, it, the trailer looked interesting. Uh, I just remember it was one of the things where like when everybody was talking about it, it wasn't streaming anywhere, and I was like, I'm not gonna pay twenty dollars to watch it, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah. And it took forever. Now it's, I think it's on HBO, but now I have to, you know, there's like so much I want to watch. And so I have to oh, make sure that- thing, isn't it? In the right mindset. There's just to, so much to watch. <laughs> it's true. Like, you know, first world problems. 
but yeah. it also doesn't seem like a, a, a happy-go-lucky movie. So I have to kind of put myself in the mindset. I mean, my top three Eastwoods are really depressing. All three, like A Perfect World is also yeah. really sad. And, and then, of course, yeah. Unforgiven is just brutal. So Yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, this was fun. Thank you so much for joining me to watch this film. It was awesome to finally get around to it. Yeah. Now you know for sure that you've seen it. And hopefully you'll yes, remember right. all of it. <laughs> yes. Well, this is the problem. See, 2003 was so long ago. There was no letterbox or anything. I couldn't have kept track of whether I watched it or not. And I also just famously have an abysmal memory. So Yeah, look, yeah, that's true. I mean- Maybe I have seen it before, but I, I don't think I have. It's very hard to say. <laughs> have you seen The Return of the King? The- I have seen The Return of the King. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> the movie that basically took all the attention. Uh, I think it's yes. like Return of the King, Sea Biscuit, Lost in Translation, one other movie, and then Mystic River. Those were like the top five at the at the Oscars that year. Yeah. And- See, Lost in Translation, is that's one that I know that I've seen, but I remember nothing about. Um so maybe I should rewatch that at some point too. <laughs> that's a slightly that's an easier watch, less plot heavy. Yeah, but yeah, you you yeah. might enjoy it more than I do, depending on how, how romantic are you when you watch your movies. That that affects it. I was yeah. I, I mean, you know, you know me. You know, I'm very romantic <laughs> yes, <I know. laughs> about films. So. Well, thank you so much. I know that everyone listening to this obviously already knows how amazing you are, but can you tell everybody about The Contrarians and you and Alex and where they can find you guys? Uh, well, sir, with where you can find us, you can find us anywhere that plays podcasts. Just search for The Contrarians, or you can check out our website, wearethecontrarians.com, uh, our show. Uh, it's uh, basically a, a battle against the Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter. We take a movie that's fresh and we talk about it as it feels rotten. We say not, uh, really bad things about it. And then on the second <laughs> half of the show, we tell you how we really feel. And then on other episodes, we take a rotten movie and we say really nice things about it as if it was fresh. And then again, in the second half, we tell you how we really feel. It's just a little game we play, my co-host Alex <laughs> and I. Uh, I'm sure I haven't checked. Mr. River must be fresh. Maybe not super fresh, but yes. fresh enough. Uh, so we believe be saying, it's in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So if we did it on the show, we'd be recapping the plot as we're you know being even more negative than Billy was here. <laughs> and then on the second half of the show, we tell each other how we really feel. Uh, I'm pretty sure Alex yeah. hasn't seen it, and I think he would like it. I think he would appreciate the the acting, if nothing else. Uh, yeah, but he likes yeah. this kind of movies too. So, but yeah, yeah. check us it's, out it's, if you enjoyed this. Why not? It's what a great show. It's it's so much fun. And I think it's a necessary battle because we all know, you know, what a terrible system Rotten Tomatoes is. <laughs> How Somebody misleading needs to, it is. You know, yeah, it's so misleading. Like, you know, and especially, you know, like, let's say a film is 99%, but that's like, oh, yeah, 99% of reviews are, are 6.1 or something. It's yep. like, okay, they're positive, but they're not that positive. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's just, it's a binary way of scoring movies. It's like, yes or no. And it's like, well, yeah. there's more, you know, there's more to it than that. You you have to discuss, yes. you know, the good and the bad and weigh it. And, you know, what's the deal with Kevin yeah. Bacon's wife? Who killed who? Yeah. You know, how, <laughs> yeah. how fast yeah. were you able to figure out who the real killer was? So there's more yeah. to it than just like fresh or rotten. So, uh, yeah. That's it's a great show. I've recommended it before and I can't recommend it enough. Definitely go check out The Contrarians. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, thank you for joining me. <laughs> no problem, Billy. Uh, we'll have you on sometime. It's It's been too long since the Street Fighter episode. It, 
<laughs> it has been a while, yeah, yeah. All right, well, next week I'll be doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with friends of the show Space Castle. Uh, we're doing a little bit of a double feature because I had the pleasure of guesting over on their YouTube series Real Drunk doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> so that's going to be a fun week next week. So that's the OG uh, the week Turtles, I'm- not the not the Michael Bay Yes, turtles. 1990 Turtles, yeah. Are you a Turtle fan? Uh, I like the toys. I never really got into yeah. the, the movies or the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I was oh, I was a big Turtles kid. <laughs> I used to have these Turtle finger puppets that came with like a book on tape so that you could listen to the tape and then act it out. <laughs> That's awesome. No, yeah. I, I, oh, the video games were great too. I like the video games. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then the week after that, I'll be joined by Joey from So Wizard doing The Room, um, which everybody knows is a fantastic film. So, Not Room, but The yep. Room. The Room. Yeah, so, so not, keeping not it highbrow here after Mystic River. No, not Brie Larson, Tommy Wiseau. Okay, because I know that Joey from So Wizard is a big Brie Larson fan, so I thought maybe he, he yep. picked it no, for that. Apparently, he's a bigger fan of The Room. I, I, same <laughs> as you, I said, pick anything you want. He said, my favorite movie is The Room. I said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so that's that's going to be fun. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. Oh,